everyone. This is Blake. I'm alongside Pastor Ryan. We are continuing our walk through the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith. Uh, Pastor Ryan, it's been a while. How are you doing, brother? I am doing well. It has been a while. We're going to try to look at a couple chapters That's together. Right. So chapters 23, 24, and 25. So 23 is of lawful oaths and vows, 24 of the civil magistrate, and then the 25th is about marriage. Let's begin with chapter 23 of lawful oaths and vows. Vows is in V-O-W-S. We have five paragraphs. Anything you want to highlight there for us? Just a summary, brother, that, I mean, this chapter, it gives validity to the taking of vows um, or uh, of oaths. And um, I think that's important for us to say, you know, um, because there may be situations where someone takes an oath. And the question is, can I do that, you know? Um, and the first paragraph says, a lawful oath is a part of religious worship, mm-hmm. wherein the person swearing in truth, righteousness, and judgment solemnly calleth God to witness what he sweareth and to judge him according to the truth or falseness thereof. There's a weightiness there to this idea of taking an oath, though, that as believers, we need to do that in truth, right? I mean, this, right. Is, this is an issue of being completely honest and not lying. Right. right? And an oath, to clarify, is this, is this something that's, Stronger than a promise? If so, why so? Well, I mean, I think, I think the confession, uh, that's a good question. I mean, I think the confession um, is maybe, and I don't know this for sure, but the confession may be highlighting that an oath is a type of public official statement in some way. Yeah, yeah. Whereas everyday promises... Uh, are well in some way should be assumed I should just be telling the truth right but, let your yes be yes your no be no but this is an official kind of public a public yeah official it's kind of like signing your name on the on the dotted line yes okay yes yeah and then paragraph five talks about the word vow a vow which is not to be made to any creature but to God alone so there seems to be a distinction between and a public oath and a vow made before the Lord, right, or made to the Lord, is to be made and performed with all religious care and faithfulness. And then it addresses false vows that people often take, perhaps in, say, the Roman Catholic system, where the Pope requires certain kind of vows, vows of chastity, the monastic kind of lifestyle. So I think in the context of the period, this was an important chapter to put in to clarify what the scripture calls good and what the scripture would prohibit us from considering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So monast- monastic vows, inappropriate. Correct. That sort of thing. And the confession would, would have something to say about that because yeah. of the age in which uh, this was written. Yeah. So moving on to chapter 24 of the civil magistrate, here we have three paragraphs. Um, so tell us, what is a, a civil magistrate? Yeah, well, I, I think when we hear the phrase civil magistrate, what the confession is referring there to is uh, civil government, government the, in general. It says um, in the first paragraph, God, the supreme Lord and king of all the world, has ordained civil magistrates to be under him over the people for his own glory and the public good. And to this end hath armed them with the power of the sword for defense and encouragement of them that do good and for the punishment of evildoers. The main text that they're drawing from there is Romans 13. Mm -hmm. And we need to remember that the Lord Christ is king 
and he's ruling and reigning now. And there are different spheres of authority, right? The family, the church, the civil magistrate. And Christ reigns over all of them, but he invests powers to each sphere of authority in different ways. So as an elder of our church, I don't have authority in the civil realm. I have it in the ecclesiastical realm, right? Okay. Um, just like the government, the civil magistrate doesn't have authority over the home in the way that a father or mother does. But the civil magistrate is good. It's a servant or a minister, uh, in a secular sense, of, of, of to do Christ's bidding. Yeah. And the next two paragraphs flesh that out. You know, in a day, particularly in our country where we... Um, I think are right to point to our Constitution, and we're right to point to all of the problems with government. We need to not go so far that we throw out the idea that all government is bad, because the Scripture actually indicates that Christ has ordained government. Right. And, and paragraph 3 actually tells us that we ought to make supplications and prayers for those who are in authority. Yes. That we may live a quiet and peaceable life. So that's, that's Scripture. Which is why so often it's usually... Uh, our brother Chad, sometimes it's you, occasionally it's me, in those pastoral prayers on Sunday morning, we regularly pray for leaders in our own civil government. And the reason is because Scripture calls us to do that. Right, right, very good. All right, then lastly, um, we have 25, which is of marriage. Uh, what would you like to highlight here? You know, what's interesting if you read this paragraph with eyes from 2023, Yes. you may think, well, why don't they say more? Well, of course, this was written in 1677 and influenced even a few years before that. There are things that we're wrestling through today, like marriage being between one man and one woman, that they weren't wrestling with. Now, the confession says that marriage is to be between one man and one woman. But the idea that a culture would say marriage can be two men or two women was foreign from their yeah. minds. But it does define marriage. It defines it as good it says in paragraph three that it is lawful for all sorts of people to marry who are able with judgment to give their consent. I don't want to wade too far into debates, but I think there are some branches of Christianity that would want to say that marriage needs to be confined within certain ethnicities or, or whatnot. And I think that that's false. Yeah. I don't think we see that in Scripture, that Christian man and a Christian woman irregardless of background, can come together in covenant marriage before the Lord. But we ought to remember that marriage is between um, one man and one woman. And in the case of believers, it's between two believers. Right. It's wrong for a believer to marry an unbeliever. Yeah. But there's one thing that needs to be said. Paragraph four, it reads this way. Marriage ought not to be within the degrees of consanguinity or affinity forbidden in the word. Wow, say that again. That was a good word. Consanguinity wow. or affinity. What in the world does that mean? Well, I'm going to just read a paragraph from Jim Renahan's exposition of the confession because he gives some historical background. He says this. After the Reformation, the Church of England published a table of 30 prohibited degrees of relationship for marriage. It was required that it be posted in every church and was well known to all Englishmen. It employed the identical terminology of consanguinity or affinity. And what this means, and I'm commenting now, what consanguinity means is it just means blood relations. And affinity refers to relations through marriage, Renahan says, such as in-laws or similar close family members. What is viewed here is just the pattern you see in Scripture that marriage ought not to be between people that are blood-related or people that have such a close relation already that the idea of marriage 
would not would not be uh, permissible. And so that's when you see those big words in the original language, consanguinity, that just mm-hmm. means blood relation. Yeah. And affinity just means a type of relationship. Well, let's hope you pronounced it right. <laughs> so these three chapters are very practical chapters, but they're things arising from the Word of God that we need to address. Yep. Very good. All right. Well, that's all we've got. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Lord willing, we will be uh, back with you next week talking about chapter 26. 